And this is a strange one. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. Uh, what Josiah saw, <laughs> now I keep thinking Josiah, you know, like just mm-hmm. been around too many Spanish people. Um, but it's actually Josiah, that's the way they pronounce it. So yeah. Uh that's his name. Um new release in Shutter. Um, first of all, Robert Patrick is amazing. Yeah. That guy still is intimidating as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants to act. Um, you think after uh in a way, some people still rest in their laurels. Um after Terminator 2, you he you think he'd just be resting that and going to convention stuff. No, he's like, I'm I'm a working actor, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. do my shit. And he's embraced getting older and everything else. Yeah. And I love it. He's been quite a few parts. Um, there was one like an assassin movie where he played like the leader of a biker gang and he's played various roles. So he doesn't give a shit. You know, he's just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he carries this whole thing, definitely. Um he really does. Central character. Um the rest of them are good as well. They're really solid casting us and mm. solid acting. Okay, if it's not like a weak performance, everyone's like investing in the roles and really doing oh, yeah. the business. Even the yeah, weekend, definitely... who was yeah. there for like briefly two minutes, made an effort. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> however, it was too fucking long. <laughs> That's my biggest um, bitch fit with it. It was yeah, just too um, fucking long. They took their time getting there. And for the payoff at the end, this could have been a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're trying to do an anthology series because they broke it up into acts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three acts and then, the, sorry, five acts. In total. I mean, there's the, the intro, beginning, the three acts, and then the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start off in the beginning. We're, we're seeing uh, Josiah and Thomas. They're living in the farmhouse and just going through. There, it seems like like they're quite happy for the most part. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting any hint of horror or anything wrong. You know what I mean? Well, I don't. I don't know. I I felt like there was just like an underlying tone of just. Like there's menace just beneath the surface, is you definitely get a bit of a Texas Chainsaw family type of farmhouse feel. Oh yeah, the aesthetics, but I mean the actual dynamics of the family just seem to be quite uh, happy. And I was just waiting for the what's the external force is going to come in and disrupt this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it before in other movies, but they've had everyone's got their dynamic, and then it's the external force that comes in. And then that's what kicks everything off. And then yeah. that uh, sort of veneer of happiness just gets completely torn away. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what movie. There's one specific I'm thinking of where we talked about. And there was that, the veneer of happiness. Then the external agent comes in and then it all just gets ripped up. Um, yeah, I'm trying to blink. Watch all our previous episodes. Uh, yeah, you'll find it, it at some point. Yeah, we, we talk about all sorts of shit. But this is, this is not Speaking a which, thing. I'm going to call you out right now, sir. For talking about Dead Silence without me. That is what? one of my favorite fucking movies. What? Yeah. You you, will, you love Jimmy Wan striking I fucking love Dead Silence. I will fucking fist fight <laughs> anybody that hates that shit. Period. <laughs> it's exactly the same as every other Jim Wan movie ever. Yeah, but it was the first. 
Oh, well, that was the obvious template, and he's just carried it on and on and on and on and on. Well, sorry, I didn't get to watch it until later. I missed it. That's fair. That's fair. Because <laughs> it came out in 2018, and uh, I had problems. It didn't come it was... out in 2018. Was it 2018 it came out? Dead Silence? No, that shit came out when I was in high school, dude. It said 2018, and it must have been when... Dead Silence? No, that had to have been 2003 or 2004. I'm going to look that shit up real quick. Yeah, you do that. You, you go on. I'm going to... Yeah. Um, yeah, just James yeah. Wan oh, has burnt me 2007. out. 2007. 2007? Shit. I was fucking off. I was not in high school at that point. Better than me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. I thought it said, I don't know, Netflix must have burst up. Yeah, probably. It's Netflix. Yeah, uh, fucking can't try anything, right? Trying to get their viewer figures right, they're getting they're getting pulled over the coals at the moment. Mm-hmm. Them and all the streaming services because they're not reporting their figures, mm-hmm. and then they're trying to go for advertising. And then, as Twitter's found out, if you lie about how many actual real accounts you have and don't do any due diligence, well, you're defrauding companies saying that you're offering the product. Trade Descriptions Act over here. So, Netflix and all because they're putting all this spinning shitty programming. And they're having to like tighten their belts because people are switching off. So that's all fun. Um, yeah, but the kind of get through, right? But yeah, back to this one. Um, yeah, we're kind of getting the setup. We we'll see uh, Thomas and Josiah in the house, blah blah, and then it cuts into the first act, the Ghost of Willow Road. Mm-hmm. And that's where we'll have the oil company come in. Or well, I feel like you're, you're skipping over uh, the the part where it starts to show that everything's not peaceful. Um, Does that like not they... come in after? You know, um, when it cuts into the first part, that's when it starts diving into it. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you've okay. got the intro part. That's what I mean. You've got the intro part, right? Yeah. There's and just it's all... so much going on. <laughs> yeah, that's the really packed this out. Um, uh-huh. So that intro part doesn't really tell you anything. It just goes on. And then it yeah, fades sure, into sure. the Ghost of Willow Road. Mm-hmm. It goes to the oil company and then it goes back to the house. And then that's where we start getting the deep dive into yeah, 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 yeah. Thomas's yeah, life right. not being... Honestly, I had to go through this twice to try and get it in my head. And see trying to skip through Shutter. Oh, you know you can do it with the other platforms, but when you try and skip through Shutter, it fucking it has a ship fit and crashes. Yep, every fucking time. And you're like, fuck's sake, <laughs> man, this is basic stuff. So it's yeah. doubly painful when you're trying not to just watch it from start to finish. You know, when you're trying to get through to certain parts to get it in your head. And Shutter's just like, nope, you're not doing that. Yeah, either watch the whole thing from start to finish or fuck off. We're not having that here. Well, and it's funny too. I would honestly not be surprised if um, that was intentional because like, uh, for instance, uh, with Netflix, the way that they do their ratings, like how well viewed it is, it's like up to a certain point through the credits. And if someone didn't fast forward, then it's considered a full view. So with Shutter being a smaller platform, like I could see that being intentional just so that it looks like there's more views, even though they never actually announce to the world what the amount of views were. But mm-hmm. yeah, I could see that being some fucking... The thing I like about their them. platform is they allow feedback on the movies. You know what I mean? They have the rating, the, mm-hmm. the five-star review, and people can give actual feedback on the movies. So you can go in after the movie and you can get all that there. That is the most open 
of a platform I've seen in my life because mm. everything else is trying to duck and dodge and you know fluff things. Yeah. Where at least Shutter for the most part's honest. It's just I think it might even just be um, a technology thing because they're a smaller channel. They haven't been able to invest as much in infrastructure that you you know <clears throat> their back end software can't cope with you just sliding your bar across. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just annoying when you're trying to review a movie. I know most people just stick it on, watch and finish and don't really think about it, but when you're trying to like go through and pick out certain scenes and refresh your mind, because there's a shitload of stuff in this movie. It really is. Well, and that's a funny thing too, because like on like later consideration, there really isn't like looking at the show notes, like it's a pretty straightforward mm-hmm. A to B to C to D type of story. But it's it's a lot of atmosphere and a lot of character building that they work with, like shit that you can't just really necessarily write about. Yeah. Um you can't follow in like two minutes, which mm-hmm. In one sense, it got me invested in the characters. Like, um, the first part goes to Willow Road. We'll go into Thomas and the relationship with him and uh, Josiah. Mm. We understand that, you know, stuff's went on. And especially, he was the one that found his mother, Miriam, mm-hmm. uh, when she hung herself. And that's what this is all centered around. This is all centered around family home and their mother uh, committing suicide. And this is supposed to be the sin that has to be uh, repented against. Mm-hmm. Sorry, feather in my throat there. <clears throat> um, it's molten season. <laughs> Just I've been breathing in feathers for the last three days. <laughs> Yay, animals. Uh, fun times. Um, but yeah. So we'll see that this was a rough family, but they were close. Mm-hmm. And then what we think is the catalyst, because obviously later on it finds out something, something completely different, but the, the catalyst of everything breaking down is Mariam, the mother, killing herself. Mm-hmm. Um, well known in the community. And then they pick this up, you know, with the, the oil company. Basically speaking, the sheriff. And this is old school, sort of sleazy town, sleazy sheriff. Um, bully, you know, gets to wear a uniform and a badge, you know, that stereotype. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and he tells the whole story of it. And then there he's basically offering the immediate, you know. Cause the whole thing is oil bar the discovered oil, they want to buy the farm, as well as a number of other properties. Mm-hmm. And they're using the sheriff to strong arm people or persuade them to sell up, you know, above market price, but not not what the property's worth. Yeah. Um so you're getting that whole vibe. We'll see, um, there's something wrong with Thomas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we don't know whether he's always been like that or it's the cause since, but he's definitely challenged. Yeah. We see him going to town. His father warned him because he sees um, a wee boy. And it kind of goes the other direction, what we think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you stay away from that boy, get that out of your head. They're actually making him out to be a pedo. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was my first thought. That was the vibe. I was like, oh, shit. Is this what the fucking, you know, he's best, you know, like Michael Jackson was best friends with a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Fucking, yeah. Jimmy Savile was best friends with a lot of kids as well. Fucking cunt. <laughs> We've had this conversation as well. Fucking uh, bastards. 
but yeah, that's a hint that he's you know he's at the developmentally challenged. He sees um, a ten year old as his peer as opposed to a kid because mentally he's that age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that whole sort of weird thing. Um, yeah, they're setting up. You know, it's been going to that act. Sets up really grim, grim home life uh, between these two. Mm-hmm. And then randomly, uh, Josias gets because uh, he was actually slagging Thomas off for praying and stuff, like constantly mm-hmm. berating them and that. And then all of a sudden, Josiah gets God <laughs> appears at his bed yeah. and goes, "Yeah, we're gonna fix everything." Well, and it wasn't even God; it was um, it was uh, supposedly Miriam came and spoke to him, mm-hmm. and that was his reasoning why there is a God. Yeah, and then they're going to turn their lives around, and you know mm. he's not drinking anymore, even though he's still constantly drinking, just not in the morning. <laughs> yeah, just okay, no more breakfast drinks. I'm, like, I'm hey there. man, who hasn't been there? Like, oh man, I'm giving up drinking forever, at least this morning. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just being Um, the masturbation scene in this is fucked up, dude. That was that, that was the real horror of this movie. Fuck. Like they're really putting out that um Josiah likes his children in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that whole well and then to just keep going while he's doing it, it's like, man, that's go on, boy. Yes, it... I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's like I I don't think you need a cheerleader while you're doing that, but now nah, you know, whatever, I guess to each their own. Well, we'll kind of discover later on what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that whole scene and the way he answered, he blames Eli, which is funny. Well, I haven't met Eli yet, by the way, you know what I mean? But he said, mm-hmm. Oh, there he is. He found some mags, you know. And ah, <laughs> oh, there's a whole, uh, like I said, it's setting up a whole sleazy undertone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting a whole undertone of abuse. That's why I'm saying it's drastically, you know, what I mean, at the beginning, the intro part. We're not seeing that. I mean, once it mm-hmm. flips into this part, that's where that uh, drives it home. Yeah. Well, it just it gets progressively darker and more on the nose, like as the story progresses. Yeah, this is dark. Like I said, uh, apart from the runtime and which we're going to go into next, um, a plot line that really didn't need to happen at all. Um, this could be a really tight horror movie, like mm-hmm. proper tight, gripping, grimy. You know edgier seat type stuff yeah so we'll kind of finish up that with so we know that um from the first part miriam's killed herself thomas and josiah are living together they're they're in a downward spiral they're now trying to pick themselves up we know Mm -hmm. that he's had uh he's been told because we haven't don't find out until later but he's been told to stay away from a young boy he seems to be keep Mm -hmm. pestering uh, we know there's something wrong with Thomas, and it's either due to trauma or due to him being developmentally challenged. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it kind of cuts out a lot and then goes into the second part of the story. These are done in chapters, by the way, so it's a bit of a different way to do a movie. It's like they were trying to be the director's Tarantino kind of or... Doctor Strange without being as good. Yeah, or do like a Tarantino type thing. Or not Doctor Strange, uh, Doctor Sleep, sorry. Oh, yeah. Doctor Sleep, was I um. Yeah, they're trying to bring out kind of vibe, but they, they didn't they didn't pull it off because mm-hmm. 
this second part i think is what killed the movie see and i i really like this second part it just it felt completely separate from the rest of the it was film. a movie on its own right that's could have been a separate movie. it really was like this could have been its own thing and i would have watched it and loved every second of it in fact um i'll, I'll say it now um if it actually removed eli's character completely no offense to the actor because he played a brilliant role and he fitted in but if he actually had removed his character and story arc this could have been done with three people this could have been done with thomas and mary and rejigged the plot slightly I'm being a lot yeah. tighter. Yeah, because I mean, really, there's only the one aspect of it that would need to be changed. And yeah. really, That's it wouldn't nothing. change the story at all. So, anyway, we'll get into this here. Eli and the Gypsies is part two. Mm-hmm. And we see um, Eli's Roger in a way there. Um, yeah, that's a, a way to start a fucking segment. <laughs> he's just hammering away, you know, getting in there. Uh, I love those steel type uh, caravans slash trailer mm-hmm. things. Um, they're so nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I couldn't. I, uh, I've debated this before. Um, one of them, actually, one of the movies I was talking about, um, where a guy's in a fucking toilet with a glory hole. How could you do stuff in toilet? I've just got this thing about you know I like my comforts. So like public <laughs> yeah. toilets are fucking shitty. I've walked out of people's houses. You know. Want to get jiggy on? I've looked and went, "Oh God!" And they're gagging, fucking tight. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, just not me. So but he's in this grimy fucking trailer. I thought I actually thought it was hers. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because then when he smashes the alarm, you're like, "Dude, this isn't in your place. What the hell?" And yeah. then she's so casual <laughs> and blase about it. I'm like, if I happened in my place, I'd be throwing him out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, um, it took me a minute to realize it was his trailer mm-hmm. and he invited somebody back. And then we'll have the sheriff reappear. Yeah, that shit was funny. Um, it's all freaking out. Oh, you're a couple weeks early. It's like, man, he's your parole officer. He can show up whenever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Um, here's a funny thing. Um, he uses the word nonce. That's a British word. Yeah, I had no fucking clue what that's the hell a British that was. Where he came off with, um, it's a man, you just tell her, reaching, they just wanted to use the word. It's a British word, we've used it for fucking decades. Mm-hmm. Nonce is a kitty filler, you know. That's, okay, I kind of figured that's what yeah. it was, but it's like that's the first time I heard it. It's like, is that a fucking southern thing? Because no, it's I've a never... British word. I just yeah. laughed because there, he's proper stretching trying to come up with a reason why it was used. You're like, Dude, I mean that's, that's fair. Like you guys, like you guys have a grip on just curse words and slang and shit. It's it's beautiful. It's a different, completely we love it. that's different a whole, language. That's a whole way of expressing. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I, if we can make up words on the spot, we will do. It'll become mm-hmm. a thing. And if it fits with rhymes, and um, if you ever look up, uh, I'm not a massive sports fan. In fact, I'm not a sports fan to be honest. I used to play rugby. That was it. Mm-hmm. But British football chance, uh, soccer, you call it, you know what I mean? But British football chance, look them up and some of the shit that they come off with. And it's just on the spot. Something will happen in the news about a player, right? Say a player will get a DUI. Mm-hmm. By that Saturday, if they're playing the game, there will be a song made up about it and people <laughs> will be singing it on the terraces right. at that player. 
And that's, you know, that's just our culture. It's not so much the words, it's the inflections and mm -hmm. the feeling behind it. And that's, that's uh, what makes us what we are. <laughs> Bunch of gobshites, I know, but... <laughs> Hell yeah. It's always funny. Um, like, uh, you, you know, you've experienced me in full flow with a few beards. I mean, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine 10 of us all being like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking party. Just goes on, and that's why people can drink all night. It's not even so much drinking; it's just hanging out and talking shit. And then next thing you know, the sun's coming. Like fuck, right? Okay, because it's that animation of language and use of language, and not worrying about received pronunciation. It just makes everything more lively. And innuendo is the best thing ever. Yeah. Just not beating people over the head with it. Just saying, you know, having a wee bit of fun, and especially with sex, you know, just have a bit of fun. Yeah, you're saying it, but you're not saying it. You know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That's a, it's all a game. <laughs> but yeah, um, the way you call them a nonce, I'm like, where the fuck are you trying to culturally appropriate our language? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go full lefty for this one. Cultural appropriation, fucking fucking bastard. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out Eli uh, had it off with a 16 year old he met at the bar um, it's actually fair enough there's a reason why they're called jailbait and the thing is we've just seen he's just demonstrated that he would basically be like a rat up a drain pipe and tackle anything Yeah. but you know what I mean right place right time anything's for a game if it had mm. hooves in the tail I think he'd probably think about it once he had enough liquor in him but we see this guy's an absolute disaster. He's a broken man. What parole officer goes to a person's employer to stitch him up? Um, well, in the case of him being a pedo, like he has to let people know that shit. So like that makes sense. If you're in a certain well. Do you not have the we have to declare stuff before mm. you, you know certain jobs you have to declare um rehabilitation yeah. of offenders act and then after a time it disappears we have that in the uk um maybe because it's a small town what okay my whole premise is what i don't get is he, he goes to eli he puts cuffs on him while he goes searches his apartment mm. or his trailer and you don't hear the big girl speaking that was funny like, he just walks on in, she's laying naked in the bed, and not a word. Or did the jump in time? Yeah, I don't think it ever really explained whether she left or not before that. If she yeah. didn't, that's funny as hell. <laughs> or is this supposed to have jumped the... This is where this movie, like I said, this is the worst part of the movie. Is actually Eli's story, in terms of the narrative. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like a separate story, because mm -hmm. the, the very end had literally nothing to do with the rest of the movie yeah it was weird but my point is with sheriff okay he's he's already told him he could put him back inside anytime he wants mm -hmm. for infractions so if that's his plan why doesn't he just do it right but at the same time if he doesn't want to put him back inside why is he hobbling his work and he's boasting about it you don't have a job well, anymore I mean, that's all like classic small town cop mentality. Like they're essentially the 
the football jock that failed in life so now they're just continuing their bowling in a different uh, profession versus just in school yeah um plus being a small town and i thought that actually the way they framed this i thought it they'd all moved all different parts of the co- country but it turns out they're all still within texas so they're all still yeah. in the vicinity yeah i was thinking i didn't this that on until later completely different yeah so being a small town everyone would know anyway mm-hmm. and everyone know the circumstances yeah so, that's i didn't even think about that but yeah that is pretty fucking weird that whole scene that's what i mean the whole scene there i didn't get mm-hmm. now he never brought up the letter from the oil company because it would have made sense if he was using this as a tactic to strong arm him strong arm him and deciding the letter mm-hmm. but he never brought it up as in yeah. well there's an opportunity to get yourself out of this then the character would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Or did they cut that bit out? So, from the conversation with the... I'm just trying to unpack this in my head, myself. <laughs> we know from the conversation that the oil company approached the sheriff. They've asked for his help. Mm-hmm. He's, um, we see him strong-arming Eli. But if you kind of glossed over that part, you wouldn't have... Unless the sheriff handed in the letter, but the letter was already in the trailer. Mm-hmm. No, so then he doesn't even see it until the end of the segment. Yeah, so that whole scene with the sheriff doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it really doesn't. <laughs> like now that we're talking about it, I just accepted it initially, but now it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. If he's going to bang him up, he'd have done it. It drugs on him, you know. What I mean, it's the worst pop down ever because he's something with a big bag of like uncut gnarly stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the only thing I can think is that was essentially the way to kind of bring everybody up to speed with his story. But it's like in the next scene, we would have got that anyways because the uh, the sheriff's talking about, oh, well, I hear you're into gambling and into this and into that, and you know, you're in debt now, blah blah blah. It's like we didn't really need that because we got that with the next scene. Yeah. So yeah, that was fucking pointless. And this is where, that's what I said, this is the weakest act of the movie. Mm -hmm. Cause it's so strung out that, um, it actually takes away from a a generally good story. Cause this is actually a good, Mm -hmm. it's a good plot. It really is. Like, like I said, I would watch this movie if this was its own thing. Mm Hmm. Um, so when then say uh, Eli, he's brought the the local kingpin. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the correct term because he's like operating out of the back of another trailer, and you see him paying off people. <laughs> Shit, paying off a mm-hmm. sheriff right in front of him, not giving like not giving two shits. Yeah. Um, and Eli's like fucking up to his eyes. Uh, he's going deep. So once again, it's leading us towards okay, this signing this uh, seal letter, you know, convincing the family it's going mm-hmm. to work. But this is where the plot goes really weird. Yeah. Okay, so you can pay all this off by doing one job: go and steal a bunch of gypsy gold from a, a group of carnies just before they leave, because that's always sensible. I mean, 
I'm sure nobody's tried it before. <laughs> One thing over here, maybe it's not as prevalent in the US, but you, um, if you get into it with gypsies over here, you are dealing with fucking clan upon clan upon clan. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually a very dangerous people to mess with. And uh, actually a friend of mine, he used to tell me stories. He was a nurse and he worked in the reconstructive surgery department. Mm-hmm. And a lot of gypsy fights, they'll come in because when they fight, uh, they actually go out of the way to mark the other person. Damn. So they actually cut their nose off or an ear or both and disfigure them to know that they've been beaten in the fight. So it's not... The bare knuckle boxing stuff is just for fun and making mm-hmm. money. But when they're actually fighting, they're out to either kill or completely disfigure. So what Shit. you have is people from a tribe would go into the hospital to get, you know, just cut their face completely mashed up. So it's emergency. It's not plastic surgery, you know, yeah, it's part of it, but like emergency reconstruction. You know, if you get into a bad car accident and you need to get mm-hmm. reconstructed there and then. And he'd say these people would come in and they have to literally get their faces put back together. But Jesus. the next week, as soon as they get out of the hospital, that clan, that person that was fighting with them, is going to go after them again because mm-hmm. they fixed themselves and not wearing their scars. So this person could have thousands of dollars of you know plastic surgery done mm-hmm. just to put their face back together. And then the next week, as soon as they get out of the hospital, that person's going at them again. They like retake their nose off. That's the level of... That's the level these people operate at. So to go and fuck with them is just the stupidest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the supernatural element, which is brought in here, which um, the supernatural element has been quite loose for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? They played fast and loose with it. This could be as easily just a psychological horror mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, any supernatural. You know what I mean? It's hinted, but is it, isn't it sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a very subtle thinner mm-hmm. but yeah okay Eli you go and do this job you're not even uh they're not even getting armed properly you know he's just going to distract people mm-hmm. you go in and drink and talk to people and keep them distracted that's your job and I'll write off all your debt yeah that, that right I'd there I've been like I, I should probably just die instead <laughs> Um, yeah, completely mad. Oh, yeah, that's why the sheriff came after him because that wee girl went missing. Oh, yeah, missed that yeah, point. yeah, yeah. There was a nine year old girl that uh went missing, and he automatically thought, and here's the mentality as well because I get it. There's a reason why, after a certain age, you don't go out the bars because it's too fucking dangerous. Because mm-hmm. 16, 15, 16 year olds get fake ID, they dress up. You can't tell the difference between them and a 20-year-old. And there's that fucking dangerous age where you're late 20s, where you're like, oh, shit, I can give them the baller here. Do you know what I mean? And it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So his story is actually not horrible. Do you know what I mean? It's actually probably been done 100 times. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know But the fact that the guy jumped, that he went there to kidnap on a nine-year-old, like, sorry, mate, no. Yeah. Nonsense yeah, are fucking, fucking sneaky bastards. They're sneaky predators. They're not fuck-ups like him. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, once again, that's a whole bit doesn't, you know, doesn't quite work. 
I know they're trying to set up a storyline, but they're rushing a part of a storyline when they've dragged out the rest. Like, I, I feel like it kind of works because it shows the despair of the character. Like, he just doesn't even try anymore because he's already got that, you know, scarlet letter on him. So, whatever. He's a fuck up. He'll just stay a fuck up. Which is understandable. You mm-hmm. know, I get it. Just that maybe I'm just not picking points, but just my logic centers are going, mm-hmm. doesn't fit, doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they go to this um, busy carnival where they're they're leaving the next morning, so they're packing up, and they're having to have a party like the last night of the uh, show, which I never knew about. Uh, I thought they just packed up and went on the next job, but yeah, apparently mm-hmm. they celebrate at the end of each uh, run as such. Yeah, makes sense. Well, why not? They freaking may as well enjoy life, you know what I mean? You, if you're on the road all the time, so well, that's that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. But God, what a miserable bar! Yeah, yeah. I was expecting like a a bar because you're like, oh yeah, just go in and get a couple drinks. And then he goes in, and it's like, nope, this is just homeboy's fucking trailer. Yeah, I thought they would have done it. You know, you get like nice food trucks and stuff. Because mm-hmm. this is set in modern times. That's the thing. Because we've got modern phones and technology, you know what I mean? Because when mm-hmm. we skip the next one, we'll see we're actually in modern times. This looks as if it's a world beyond. I mean, yeah, the first this, two parts. Yeah, this could easily be in the like between the 70s and late 80s. Yeah, time has stood still, mm-hmm. which is brilliantly done if you think about it. When you think of the number of period pieces, the amount of work they have to go to, and it looks cheap and nasty with this just naturally, could, mm-hmm. it's timeless. This kind yeah. of world, and it's showing an underworld, um, where us in our comfortable lives, you know, don't see. Yeah, it's showing this kind of underbelly of society, which is disturbing in itself that this world still exists today. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, really well done. Um, so they arrive at this bar, and he's the thing is, he's he's a fuck up. How? How much charisma do you have to have? Like, he instantly gets the most attractive woman in the group to come over and talk to him straight away. Well, I mean, that's only after he almost gets his ass kicked for not being, or for being somewhere where he shouldn't be. Oh, yeah, true enough. He's like, yeah, because that one guy is like getting ready to beat the fuck out of him because he knows that he doesn't belong. And then he gets called off, and that's when she shows up, like, hey, here's a beer. Let's talk. I'm clearly flirting with you. Yeah, but still, even at that, mm-hmm. um, like normally, like someone like her wouldn't give a shit. You know what I mean? She's top. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's like the most attractive, most desirable person. So she would be socially up there. So she wouldn't need to bother herself with someone like him. He's nothing. Yeah. That's well, I mean, funny. unless like my my thought on that whole interaction was she was trying to you know throw a grift on him, and then she oh, does. Yeah. With a fortune telling, um, but she offered it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. And I thought uh, that was the thing. I thought she was going to give the the fortune tell uh, the reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that's where we meet, uh, Madam Luna, Mama Luna, Mama Luna Mother Moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. God, they're just stereotype and a half. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. That's. It's the only stereotype, a lot of sort of stereotypes, but this is a stereotype. This is the gypsy fortune teller, mm-hmm. blind old lady, you know, that 
does need to see in the mortal realm because you see it's out into the ether. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is like funny. the proper supernatural element to it. Mm-hmm. And this is where it could have been its own story. And I just don't, you know, it's weird, but she effectively tells him, you're going to die. And what was the other bit? You're going to well, die soon. Well, and then also, like, that's how they find some... out the gold's being stolen. Yeah, because you have something to atone for, and then mm. all hell kicks kicks off. Um, yeah, don't steal from gypsies. Don't um, stay away from them. Mm-hmm. Just don't mess with them. They kind of have their own little world. That let them crack on. As long as they're not encroaching you, fucking, they're not. They're not a people. To, and this is out of um, respect as opposed to disdain. They're not a people to mess with. Mm-hmm. They are hardcore. They go at you. As a clan, that is our whole mentality. You mess with one of them, you're messing with a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, and I should prepare for that. Don't, don't fucking mess with gypsies. Um, and if this guy's dealt with these people before, he would know this that Kingpin guy. Mm-hmm. What a moron. But yeah, everything just goes to rat shit. Um, yeah, and so beautifully so. <laughs> these big tough guys that are. Um, Strong arm day lion, just fucking get annihilated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that I... reveal because it it changes the pace of the entire movie. Um, like she, the the attractive one, is like, "Oh my god, you're gonna steal the gold!" And then it just slows down and kind of pans back, and she slow motion is running into the room. And as that happens, you just see the one guy fly this way, and then the fucking really big guy fly this way. And just the whole time, Eli's kind of sitting there like, huh, I feel like I'm tripping balls. And then he slowly gets his face face smashed into the table and it moves to the next scene. Like, just that was beautiful as hell. This could have been a movie, honestly, um, in its own right. Mm -hmm. Fucking brilliant. There's a whole subplot here. And that's why I said it didn't need to happen Mm -hmm. because it takes away completely. This is. This is his own story, so it's not for a bad reason why they shouldn't be in this movie. Mm-hmm. That should be its own fucking thing. Yeah. There's a whole story of attacking a gypsy camp, stealing their gold, and the fucking not just the supernatural element, but having a bunch of gypsies chasing you. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking movie on its own, honestly. Yeah. Um, good's too hot to handle, so to speak, because if you, you try and palm that shit off, you're, you know, you're marked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get this scene with um, Eli sitting with this other big dude. Yeah. Because he deciding how they're... It's not F or Y. They're deciding how they're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And who does he work for and all that kind of stuff. I think they kind of already know. Yeah. And they're preparing. Um, I have to say, though, this is... Um, this is where we see the cleverness of Eli's character. Yeah. Because he has the baggie um, that is... Uh, lady friend gave him mm-hmm. and he's just like oh, well, can I give you this um, he already tried to palm it off and what's his face yeah on the, the that's right I forgot about that but he already yeah. tried, he's like <laughs> no here that stuff's great are you just handing me drugs in front of a fucking sheriff that I've just paid off right Fuck off, you know what I mean are like, you did taking you just the piss try to pay me with smack I'll fucking kill you I have standards you know mm. <laughs> but yeah he's like this guy um because we already got the premise that this stuff was on cut. 
Mm-hmm. I'm dropping out. So he's like, here, party away. Uh, just like fucking. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. He's like, hey, if you kill me fast, uh, you can have this. And dude's just like, oh, whatever. Takes a little bump. And then it's like, oh, okay. And just ends up killing the entire balloon. Stands up like he's going to do something. And then fucking kills over. Just so good. How did he figure out about the wee girl? Um, Because he saw her when the door was open. I think. Uh, yeah, cause or was, was that after? To... Trying to remember if he that was... He didn't see her during the reading. Okay, or yeah, it I... was it was after then. So effectively, we found out the gypsies had kidnapped the girl to bring into her clan. Mm-hmm. I think it was Mama Luna. I'd seen something in the girl. Obviously, haven't said or something, so she wanted her as an apprentice or something. That was the impression I was getting. That makes sense. They didn't really explore it. Just that was just like, oh, okay, so that's where the girl went. Is the gypsy stole her? Yeah, which is a known thing. Uh yeah. So he he instead of saving his own, this is kind of his redeeming quality. Instead of just saving his own life, he goes in and grabs a wee girl, mm-hmm. and then just hightails it out of there. Um, well, I mean, not before doing the classy thing of taking the guy that was supposed to kill him, his junk, dumping it on his dead chest, and then snorting some. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> that's I mean, there's so many elements in this movie. Um, it's I, I know people are going to pan it and they going it's too long, but there's a lot in this. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. This completely veers off from the main plot. That's the problem. It really does. Well, because ultimately it ends with Eli saving the girl, getting the gold, taking it back to the kingpin. The kingpin being like, I don't fucking care what you do with her. That has nothing to do with this. Then he breaks out the gold and is like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here, why don't you have some? Go fuck off and start your new life. And Eli being like, look, man, I don't want this. Just fucking clear my record like you said. And then the kingpin just drops dead all of a sudden. And then they first. fuck off into the sunset. So maybe because Eli didn't physically touch the gold. Because the kingpin takes it out of the bag where mm-hmm. Eli lifted the bag. Maybe it's you have to physically touch the gold for the curse that you or something. Yeah, which I mean that's kind of what I took. Yeah, it's this is the only like really overt supernatural element mm-hmm. to the whole movie. Everything else is subjective. Yeah. Well, and then he's even like trying to get the girl to not touch it because she's getting ready to take it before they leave. And he's like, nah, nah, nah fucking leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, you just watch somebody die. Fucking don't, don't do that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Kid. Uh, and then that's it. But he goes back to the trailer, finds a letter. Mm-hmm. And then that's and then, when we go to the third part. Yep. Yeah. This is the weirdest part. Yeah, because this one, in hindsight, fits with the rest of the story but initially it's sort of like huh this is very different yeah so this is mary may i that's part three mm-hmm. um we've got mary and her husband uh sitting in front of a adoption panel or a social mm-hmm. worker going through that and it turns out they've had multiple attempts to adopt the child they've been rejected the biggest thing against is she's actually been sterilized, so she's actually went to hospital and like made herself that she can't have kids anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big no-no. And uh, she's being treated for depression. 
So there's all sorts of issues there. So they're kind of going, mm, maybe not the safest environment. Mm-hmm. Because if you're adopting a child, you're not exactly the child's going to have additional issues and apart from just being a child. So yeah. kind of makes sense. Uh, we find out that Mary and her husband are busy on the thread. Yeah, to say the least. The whole uh, the whole dinner party scene was fucked up. Yeah, like that was the one thing they they did really well with this scene or this segment was that level of just pure discomfort throughout. Like that hung heavy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when you've got that one element in your family and you're trying to be a normal person, um, mm-hmm. I might be speaking from experience, <laughs> <laughs> and you've got that one element that makes everything uncomfortable for absolutely mm-hmm. no fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> she was vicious, like proper. Um, They're trying to congratulate. Oh, hopefully good luck this time. You don't mm-hmm. know me. You know, just proper. Anyway, it was just polite talk. Nobody yeah, was it's... having to go at her. Yeah, if exactly. only met her. Trying to bring her into the fold. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that's just fucking going up people. Yeah, well, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? How? Why do you think we would be good parents? What? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, damn, dude. Just fucking chill, man. Yeah, not back here again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Um, but some people are like that. They're just broken. Mm-hmm. And you can never fix them. You, they're just unfixable. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're seeing this from Mary. Oh yeah. Well, even before this dinner scene, um, when she's you know doing her art shit, and then she has to go grocery shopping, how it just pans over like she's looking at something, and then next thing you know, the cart's abandoned, and she's back home working out with just god awful music. Oh god, a fucking. Uh, dubstep, fucking what the hell? There was no reason for dubstep music to be. Dude, I love some strange fucking shit. Like, if you guys don't know who Mel Banana is, look up uh, uh, Cellscape, that album. That's like the epitome of my kind of music. <laughs> so I listen to some weird shit, but dubstep, it's just like somebody fucking scratched your CD and it's like, nah, cool, I'll listen to it. I tried it. Yeah. Um, obviously, when Skrillex came out, I tried, but. Every fucking song just sounds the same. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no change in beat. Um, I didn't mind Path to Totality, you know, the Corn album. And uh, I didn't yeah. mind some of the J Devil stuff. Ugh. I mean, didn't mind, but uh, mm-hmm. once you get over the initial, oh, this is new, you're like, Meh. you know, I mean, yeah. three, four times, once you play it, you're like, oh, fuck, okay, done. Yeah, um, it's kind of all the same. I like Skinned. They're sort of. A variation, you know, using electronic music. I like electronic music. Mm. Oh, same. same. Um, I like skin their vote, but even them, I liked um the first two albums, and then their third one that they put out recently there is just bland shit. It's just not good. So their last bunch of songs is just like, oh fuck, right, that's it. Um, they're all sounding the same. And yeah, not feeling it. So they're kind of dark, grimy element that they had that made the music interesting. It's gone mm-hmm. now, and That's it seems to be that type of music. Because uh, even the old school fucking rave stuff had character. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. um, well, I mean, fuck, look at Sandstorm. That song has like stood the test of time. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, it wasn't back in the day, but recently, or 
in later years of Kim Wazza Prodigy fan. If she had been playing mm. fucking Prodigy, like Smack My Bitch Up or something, in fact, that would have been perfect tune to work yeah. out to, but fucking dubstep? Oh my God. Yeah, because that's some fucking workout music. <laughs> some Prodigy. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, that's funny because most people over your side of the pond are only discovering them now. It's like, dude, these are dude, that's what I fucking grew up listening to, man. Are you kidding? Fucking MTV days, man. That's... Fucking Aphex Twin and all that. was a. Uh, there's like some really um, character laden dance music mm-hmm. back in the day. Obviously, you got your generic pop stuff, but fucking mm-hmm. dubstep is horrendous. Yeah, there's like nothing to it. Uh, what's the uh, what else? There's like a variant of it as well, and it's just fucking the same beat over and over again. That's why I'm not a fan of rap music because the beats they use is the same fucking beat or recycled stuff. Uh, that's where the, a lot of you know, I mean, they, they seem to concentrate in their lyrics, but the the music doesn't, you know, maybe a few clever fucking riffs now and again, but generally, mm-hmm. the fucking I always find the, like the music and rap very disappointing. Yeah, so I don't listen to much mainstream rap, like it's usually like the underground shit because there's just there's more soul to it. Yeah, um, it's not just about the lyrics, it's also about the music. I don't know whether it's a license issue, but the point we're trying to make here is there's so much fucking better, more interesting, <laughs> fun yeah. music to have playing for a workout scene than the fucking shit they did. Because that, that just, I was like a I fucking mean, rubber band snapping, right? Honestly, it, it, I'm just like it, fucking straight out of the movie. See, it kind of works with her character, though. And like, because I mean, that's chaotic, annoying fucking music. And that's probably what her head is like. Um, cause I mean, later on we find out that she is supposed to be medicated, but she's not, um, there's clearly something wrong with her, but it's just barely below the surface. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like it, it works with the character to have that kind and of, and she's put on the voice, you know what I mean? Cause, uh, the brothers just sound like they're from the backwater, mm-hmm. but she's kind of put on the professional veneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gotten um, past that. Yeah, but it's still there. It's still right there. You know, I mean, it's only a thin layer, and that whole persona, so to speak, is just under the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we find out at the end of the movie. <laughs> yep. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit that we'll talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Just come at the end of this week section, but um, I, I didn't get why the cap showing a certain scene like in bits until the very end we'll find out why yeah but she comes back to her house where did she go it was after the dinner party uh, she she went and talked to uh, uh oh counselor. she went to talk to the social worker didn't she yeah yeah that's to what make her play mm-hmm. yeah which right. that was that was fucking heavy trying to explain why she wants a kid and it's just like the bleakest worst reason to have a kid yeah, I'm empty. And a kid won't even fill it, but I want to give love to some. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, like giving the love will balance out the hollow that's inside of her. And it's like, damn, I mean, that's fucking real. That's how most people think, but you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where this movie, um, that's where this movie works. Because mm-hmm. it's that, this is the uncomfortable feeling. I've talked about this before, the uncomfortable feeling of horror. Mm-hmm. As opposed to when you get past the jump scares of horror and you're not frightened anymore, what are you looking for? 
and this is what you're looking for in a horror movie, fucking making you on the edge, going, oh, yeah. You know, well, and it it just shows that reality is the real horror, and to put that front and center, that's what fucking sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's done that, and that, like I said, this this whole bit's dark. You know, I mean, I'd mm-hmm. say it's even darker than the first part. Yeah. Like this yeah, is the darkest part of the movie, apart from you know, I mean, the finale of the thing, but this is proper fucking dark. Mm-hmm. Goes to a dark place, even the darker than the gypsies. I was more of an yeah. adventure, you know. This is, there, you know, there's something broken here. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she comes back, she sees Eli's truck, which my whole problems with the timing. This is supposed to be they're only getting back together after 23 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's because I'm shit with cars and can't keep more, one more than four years before I break it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't understand recognizing somebody's truck after like 23 years. Mm-hmm. But she knows it's his truck anyway, so thought needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the that initial nope, and just turns around. That shit's hilarious. And then she just kind of stops in the middle of the road, like fuck, I gotta do this, whatever. So far, like, who hasn't been there? <laughs> like pulling up to your place, and there's a car there that you're you don't want to fucking see. You're just like, I don't want to do this. No, um, yeah. So she comes in. It's Eli. Um, here's a bit. So he obviously explained there about the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, did she get one as well? She did, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And she she was talking about it. Yeah. So the managed them. Um, so that's again. Um, they're still in the locale because that's what took away. I actually thought initially they'd move the furthest reaches of the country, mm-hmm. but no, they're all still local. So yeah. that's why the sheriff's able to track them down and get their stuff. But, um. They're talking about it, and this this bit of dialogue. Um, Eli, what about Pa? Don't worry, I'll deal with our father. Mm-hmm. That that dialogue uh, is because we're going to get to the final act and things will be revealed. But we know that Josiah is there talking to Thomas, and they're coming to having to go back and face him. But knowing what we know, that dialogue's a bit strange. Yeah, it's so much more dark than it sounded. Like when he first says it, it's just so off the cuff that you think, oh, okay, yeah, he's just gonna he's gonna talk to their father to make sure that he doesn't fuck around. And then it's as soon as you get to the end of the movie, you realize, oh, that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. And then they keep doing the cutscenes to the hotel, mm-hmm. traveling to the hotel, you know, heading up there, which I thought was a bit strange. Yeah. Well, even before that, so, like once you start to realize like how dark the family is, it's right before it gets to that where Eli's talking about, oh, Mary, remember that game? You know, Mary, may I? Where if we said something, you had to do it. And it's doing the flashbacks to them walking to the barn. And it's mm-hmm. like, damn. All right. This is some shit. No wonder she didn't want to see her brother. Yeah. It's um, like, this is the darkest part of the, the whole movie. Mm hmm. Um, right, so it's actually quite quick as well. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's actually the shortest, you know, of the three, but yeah, freaking really takes you there. You know, yeah. things are not good with this family. Yeah, definitely. And then we'll get to the reun- reuniting at the home. Mm-hmm. And it's all hugs and smiles when uh, Thomas comes out and sees them both. Mm-hmm. 
or no, you've got Mary sitting in the car refusing to get out. Well, and then she decides to get out, and that's when Thomas finally walks out. Mm-hmm. And with their embrace, it made sense because they didn't have any ill will between the two of them. But uh, when Mary and Eli were speaking prior to going to the farmhouse, she's like, oh, well, what about Thomas? You know, you haven't talked to him in 23 years. He's like, oh, I just want to tell him I'm sorry. So to have that initial embrace, like the second they see each other, it was like, huh, wonder what the fuck's going on there. Yeah. Um, this uh, starts off straight away. We'll get into the sort of the plot. Um, Mary, you distract Thomas. I'll go and take care of the thing mm-hmm. and goes to find a shovel. Yeah. And you're like, the fuck? Because it doesn't spell right at that point what they're actually uh, going. They've dug something. I mean, they've buried something and they know that when the oil company moves in, they're going to unearth it. Mm. So you're thinking body. Um, and then talk about the sinkhole. Fine. You know what I mean? It's like, how did we jump to that? Yeah. Because I just jumped there fucking straight away as soon as they arrived. <laughs> yeah. There, you got no hint this is what's going on. Yeah, it was very much like, fuck, what the hell did I miss? I thought I was paying attention. Yeah, um, you're like, what the, 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 the fuck? Because um, I thought initially it was Miriam. But mm-hmm. we know the whole town knew that Miriam killed herself, hung herself in the tree. Yeah. So that's where I'm sitting scratching my head. Uh, okay, what the hell? And this is where we realize that there's something, this is the, the sins that need to be um, cleansed. Mothers mm-hmm. in Hellfire, you know, I mean, that, that whole build up to this is something they've fucking done. You're like, oh, yeah. right, okay. Um, They're sitting at the dinner table, and Josiah's there. And this is where you start getting the hint that, by the way, folks, <laughs> spoilers, if you don't, <laughs> we'll, we'll go from here onwards, spoilers, okay? Because <laughs> uh, if you. Don't want to know what's going on stop here go watch a movie if you made it over an hour into this show and realize fuck i don't want spoilers what the Fair fuck normally um normally um we're but blase about it but i think mm-hmm. this movie is something you need to watch and unpack yeah and definitely experience yeah if you are interested in this movie point. stop right fucking now finish as soon as you finish the movie because we've gone rope by rope, but you can watch us right now without the reveal mm-hmm. and the actual climax. Yeah. So with that being said, let's go. Fuck. Yeah. This is where it just kicks off real fucking fast. And it's just like you know, one thing right after the other. But that's when we find out Josiah's dead the whole time. For the 23 year period. Not even died recently. Yeah. Often because... We'll get the hint because Josiah is talking to Thomas and Thomas is talking to him and they're mm. not speaking to him directly. And then finally Eli goes, Thomas, who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> and then we're like, oh shit, right. Yeah, that's... That, that's when it goes to the flashback of them murdering their father. And then Thomas is just not comprehending what's going on. And that's when they explain what's going on with him. It's like, dude, 
we saw the the restraining order like you can't be around that boy like your ex-wife i don't have an ex-wife you have an ex-wife and it's just like and he's only moved back into that property yeah he's like is that why you came back is is it because of that because you're going to get in trouble and that's of course when we find out that the boy that he's stalking is his child Mm -hmm. and the ex-wife and stepfather have a restraining order against him because he's multiple crazy yeah um and that's the thing um being the way he is this must have happened recently that's why i was i said Mm -hmm. at the start he's not the you know it seems that miriam and josiah's death has broken him Mm -hmm. but he hasn't retreated into himself as much until because you couldn't be married and have a kid and a family and the boys like 10 i mean he couldn't be the way he is and have a family yeah with someone who is prepared to get restraining orders Mm -hmm. do you know what i'm saying yeah and that's not if you're that mentally challenged you can't hold down a relationship or get married and fucking have a kid it's one of the challenges Mm -hmm. of the condition so this must have happened recently that he's actually reverted into a childlike state yeah and that's and what that, it alludes to is the the trauma of losing his family like the family that he built after he lost the family that built him yeah it's just reverted them back into a childlike state mm-hmm. and because the, the kind of hint that he's different and he he's not talking almost the same way because he's put a blazer and stuff on and he's made an effort Mm-hmm. But the way he's talking at the start, like a simple child, uh, is not. You can see his old new self, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, come out yeah. in front of the family. But this childlike state he's reverted back into is purely psychological. Yeah. Almost by choice and not because he's uh, like Downs or anything or, you know, got, a, got an issue. Mm-hmm. Purely trauma based, and like you're saying, I think, yeah, I think because uh, whatever's happened in the family has made his ex wife go, Oh, fuck, I'm out of this. You can't see our kid, mm-hmm. you can't be trusted. And but we don't get any details, it's all kind of yeah, left out there and implied. It's not like we really need him, anyways. We get the gist of what's going on. He's obviously straight in that place or become his father or something. Mm-hmm. We'll see it, but. That's not the kicker. You'd think at this point, the kicker is that they killed their father, mm-hmm. that um, basically abused them. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing he talks about is like this is why dad was a shitty person. Like he fucked Mary, and they had a kid. That's why mom killed herself. And with me, he used to beat the shit out of me. He always told me that you didn't learn lesson unless you bled. And he yeah. made me bleed a lot, or uh, he taught me a lot of lessons. And like the broken individual that Thomas is, he's just following further and further down until he snaps. Yep. And then the kicker is no mother saw you. Mm-hmm. And this is where the whole thing, the fucking, you know, what I mean, the whole reason for this whole shitty scenario coming about. Is they're busy doing the Lannisters, they're fucking each other. Mm-hmm. So the twins are fucking having it off with each other. They had the baby between them. And when Miriam found out, she's like, What have I done wrong? Mm-hmm. This is my fault. 
on. Yeah. And that obviously, um, it seemed to be she's the one that held the family together. Mm-hmm. And then without her, that's Josiah, you know, probably ready to kill them both. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it seems with most mothers. Like, they're the glue that holds the family together. Yeah. Um, it's completely fucked up. So it turns out they have to, uh, and the whole thing, Mary, may I, and that, um, I think when we get to the scene where he actually went and dug up the bones of the baby, it wasn't just the bones of their father, it was the bones of the baby they were looking for. Mm-hmm. So they went and buried this baby. Um, so it wasn't an abortion. It was the had a baby and then they fucking killed it. Yeah. Uh, the reveal when they open the crate and you see the size of that skeleton that wasn't a newborn. No, that was around for a little bit. Th- that wasn't a newborn. They had that baby. And the fact you see flashbacks into the blankets and stuff, mm-hmm. that baby was part of the family. Yeah. They were prepared to do whatever to basically keep face. Probably Miriam would have passed it off as hers. Mm-hmm. You know, but those two killed the baby for reasons. Nobody. They didn't say why. But yeah, they killed the baby, and that's what... Is that what set Miriam off? We, didn't get, we don't get this spelt out. No, and that's that's honestly, I think, the brilliance What's of this movie point? is it never quite tells you exactly what happened. Because even up until the final scene of the movie, it's like, oh, okay, obviously the dad was the one that knocked up Mary, and that's where the baby came from. But it's like, but did that really happen because Thomas is accusing them of you know, having sex before they came to the farmhouse. So it's like who actually did it. You don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the movie happens and it's kind of like, Oh, okay. That's probably. So probably it. was it them having the baby that made Miriam kill herself? Or was it the fact they killed the baby? Which is even See, more dark. Thing. Don't really know. It's kind of it's... up to speculation. And also, you know, was it the fact that she caught, um, Josiah having sex with Mary. Yeah, and that, that's all left kind of open. Mm-hmm. But that's the catalyst that made them kill Josiah. And yeah. you see the three of them just kill him. They're mm-hmm. in the spot. That is bludgeoning the fuck out of him. And the pure raw hatred, so uh brutal. Mm-hmm. But we're not finished there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, 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 no. That would be enough to end any you know, any movie mm-hmm. with that revelation and whatever, but no, <laughs> Thomas doesn't have any of that shit. Fuck no. He is a broken man and he is going to take everybody down with him with a fucking axe. <laughs> yep. And I tell you what, to get that puncher, he just, he casually walks to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. He casually picks up the axe and then he just fucking charge! And yeah, they actually so impale an axe like first time and they Fucking chest cavity like that. That was brutal. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of force. <laughs> that was just um you're not walking away from that one. Mm-hmm. Mary goes into the living room. Now, here's the bit that gets me. Did she genuinely think just closing the door was going to save her? Well, she locked it. See, I wasn't too sure about that. 
Um, because yeah. this isn't this is more psychological than supernatural, mm -hmm. but it's a hint of supernatural. But did she lock it? I'm pretty damn sure she locked it. But at the same time, it's like, why wouldn't you close it, lock it, and then jump the fuck out a window? Yeah, but she stands there, the music's playing, Josiah's favorite song, then he appears as an apparition. Mm -hmm. And we see him unlocking the door, but Thomas is just coming through the door as he did. So is this, you know, like a collective psych, uh, was it, mass psychosis thing? Mm -hmm. So he's embedded in the idea that he's talking to his father. She's got her traumas. And did she not lock the door? And I think it plays out in the next scene as well. Did she just close the door thinking she locked it? And then she sees in her head Josiah opening the door, but it's actually mm -hmm. Thomas. Because he looks almost surprised himself that, oh, he didn't lock it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And Thomas doesn't acknowledge his father. Yeah. So it was almost like this is Mary's moment well and i mean that's pretty much like as she's getting ready to check out it kind of goes back and forth with that anyways like her in a different place when something else is happening yeah and this is I don't, that's a for such a long movie that's all just happens so quick and rapid it actually makes sense though because there's nothing worse i think if this had been drawn out it wouldn't have made sense mm -hmm. it would have got a boring. slasher movie this is just the brutality of rage and Eli's busy dispatched there and then quickly taken care of. No, mm -hmm. no messing about. She runs out the window or out the back, and this is where it gets a bit trippy. Because mm -hmm. she's standing there and then she starts having these um is it flashbacks to the hotel again and something else? Mm -hmm. Like her walking up to the room. Yeah, and then we see Eli, uh, sorry, Thomas standing in front of her with no shirt on, and she's stabbing mm -hmm. him. You hear the stabbing notion, and then it turns out she's then stabbing herself. No, 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 that he's was stabbing her. You know, it, it kind of that was the the dream sequence that she had was when she was stabbing herself. Is that what it, was? it got kind of confused? Yeah, yeah. Her her nightmare sequence um, in the third act that was when she was stabbing herself because that was with her husband. Should I must up that or uh, sorry that bit went out of my head. I think the dubstep broke my brain. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think that part of the fucking... It's like, oh, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. It's um, understandable. Right, yes. So she goes back to that. Yep. Because they all have premonitions. That's the supernatural aspect. They all have premonitions mm -hmm. of their own death, yeah. essentially. Um, But yeah, then we'll go back. But she's barely even registered in the fact that Eli's... Or sorry, I keep saying Eli. Thomas is stabbing her to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and like then, she doesn't realize until she drops and then she's just trying to say his name. Yeah. Um, really harrowing scene. Mm -hmm. But they didn't mess about. Um, and then we just have Thomas come back into the house and just sit down and act everything okay. The thing with the tree was funny. Uh, I don't, we didn't mention the tree at the start. Mm -hmm. So we'll see this uh, here rest uh, Miriam. Which yeah. I think it's a bit dark to like put the plaque on the tree where Chong Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thought that was a bit odd. 
yeah, and then it it pans out, and apparently Eli and Mary had a little two by four uh, hammered on there, and the tree's on fire for some fucking reason. And the two by four is the writing appears as if it's clean. I couldn't couldn't quite pick it out, but it's like here be cleansed or something. You know what I'm talking about? The I, yeah, I didn't see that part. Yeah, so the writing appeared on the two by four as it was burning. It's one of those really hard to make out. But when it falls away, we see that Josiah's name's been put on the tree as well. Fucking burning hell or something. Mm. So they've inscribed to both of them. So now we know that both parents were killed. Were dead. Um, they also killed a baby. Which wasn't as if it was a, a backstreet abortion. Because I thought from that scene, no way talk about get, or getting sterilized. Mm-hmm. I thought that might have been the result of a backstreet abortion. No, because uh, they did say um, when they were talking about it that she got a tubal ligation. Yeah, so she actually went and got a like proper medical procedure, mm-hmm. but it was co- sort of hinted at that that might have happened. You know, it could have been had to have happened because of complications from a you know yeah true fucking coat hanger basically going wrong yeah. Uh, but it turns out, no, they didn't just have the kid. They fucking raised the kid. That I was like, that was a big, unless that was the only size of skeleton I could find. That was mm. a big fucking skeleton. Yeah. And the fact they had blankets and shit, you know, like baby blankets. We saw the flashback there. So they just went nuts and killed the baby. For yeah. It was already out. Um, We don't know when and what kicked this all off, but that's a whole series... Sequence of fucked up events happened. Yeah. Broke uh, broke these people. And it's one of the things you'll never unpick now because obviously everyone involved is dead and Thomas is gone. He's gone back to his fucking happy place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You'll never get any sense out of him. But that's you finish off with the tree burning and that bit in the writing appearing. And once again, it's a an allude to the supernatural element. This the sins have been repaired now. Everything's cleansed, we can carry on. Um, and then just to finish things off, we skip to the hotel scene, yeah, <laughs> and they're just fucking going at it, but not just with the going at it, but they're fucking going at it like just before they arrived at the mm-hmm. so even after like 23 years, they're they're at it, and you're like, the fuck, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so they told Eli to get him on board killed her father and it's one of those that's a that's a good thing about it you know i mean you can sit and ponder and talk about it and the mysteries are and it doesn't ruin the movie mm-hmm. because it's actually um this is one of those unrelatable narrator sort of stories you're not going to get to the truth because mm-hmm. it's seen from the viewpoint of each of the characters yeah and each of them has a warped sense of what actually happened yeah definitely um so all in all, that's it. Apart from the second act, Eli and the Gypsies, um, this had the potential to be really tight and gripping and on the edge mm-hmm. of your seat. I think they yeah. just took a bit too long getting there. Yeah, I. so last night, I after it was over, I was kind of just like, well, fuck, that was two and a half hours. I'm never getting back. But upon thinking about it, it's like it was actually a really good movie. And yeah, it's it's one of those things that if that entire second 
part of the movie was gone or even if it was just shortened quite a bit like just the interaction with him and the sheriff and understanding how bleak his life is like just mm-hmm. a couple minutes of that it would have tightened up the movie and made more sense because ultimately the gypsy gold had nothing to do with anything it didn't push the story forward at all nope. like just the sheriff showing up and saying hey we're coming after you because there's a fucking nine-year-old girl missing that's enough of a reason for him to skip town and want to start a new life like that's but also the fact all we need fact as well he's hobbled up with his job mm-hmm. then the ladder yeah, yeah i mean that's all we needed for him to progress to the next part of the story um and yeah i'll agree with you like if that whole gypsy gold shit was its own movie that'd be a great movie and i'd watch it absolutely um it was a movie within a movie it was just mm-hmm. um a bit of a strange choice yeah it's... it's like the guy had two uh the director had two ideas mm-hmm. and you know wanted to play them both instead of saving that pitch for the next movie but mm-hmm. uh touch him but generally i enjoyed this yeah i don't know if i'd watch it again but it was good yeah watching it the second time is really hard because <laughs> like i said i was going through to pick up plot points and stuff mm-hmm. um even then it's a slog and especially when you know the ending mm-hmm. it's a fucking slog to get there uh, that's my only real complaint like you said remove that whole section tighten it up amazing movie i would have you just there mm-hmm. so there you go um not the worst movie i've watched in the last couple of weeks no definitely, <laughs> definitely not. not um at least i was able to watch it and not go fucking that <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i had to take a couple of breaks because it just was so damn long but yeah it was all right yeah i did the same especially between each of points because uh it just wasn't going anywhere fast Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a few tweaks, boom. They could even do it now and re-release it. It would actually cost them nothing to put that bit in the chopping floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, uh, it would work, but there you go. Well, folks, fuck. we're not quite as long as the movie was, at least. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> Valentine's review is actually shorter than the movie. Right. <laughs> but... uh yeah, thanks for tuning in, folks, those that are watching and watching afterwards. Um, check the movie out. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll give it that. It's worth checking out at least once. Definitely. Uh, and please, if you agree, disagree, certain points, let us know in the comments. Uh, this is all about conversation at the end of the day. Um, let us know what you think of the Terrifier 2 trailer as well. I'm excited. Fuck yeah. I was I looking forward to this last wait. year and uh, just looking for a bit of goofy fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know it's going to deliver. And all you haters, um, sort yourselves out, honestly. Relax. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's so out. many better things to be pissed off about. Just just find something else. Yeah. There's there's plenty to argue about. Go to the other fandoms. All yeah. the other fandoms are at each other's throats. Go there. Right. Star go Wars to the comic really book wants you there. Hmm? <laughs> so Star Wars really wants you there. Yeah, go to the Star Wars aisle, go to the fucking Marvel aisle, go to the DC aisle, go over there with all the comic book fucking people and fight with them. We we have enough going on in horror without adding that shit to it. And there's plenty of fucking goofy shit. I've been trying to think about this whole uh, like woke stuff and virtue signaling and why it hasn't really destroyed horror. 
and the particular reason being is just there's so much stuff and so many different levels that you can't even touch. It's a drop in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And they've made openly uh, woke movies and horror, but they're just a drop in the ocean. Well, and the thing is with horror, it's always been a social commentary. Like, But the thing is, it's a social commentary that's not on the radar. It's called you know subtle, this thing that people forget exists. Um, it's always been that way. And it will always work that way because it's not hitting you over the head with the the agenda of the movie. Like, it's just like, hey, here's a good movie. And then upon further consideration, you realize, oh, okay, this was the message involved. And then it's like, oh, okay, I like that. Versus just hitting you over the head with a hammer for an hour and a half of... With bod writing and terrible We're good people. Yeah, it's, it's fucking stupid. It's lazy is what it is. Yeah, I've been trying to unpick up when I'm talking to people. Um, a lot of horror creators seem to have their good guy armor on. I'm a nice person. It's like, fucking embrace it. Mm-hmm. This is the grimy side of things. This is where you just revel in the fucking being naughty, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what horror is, you know. Enjoy it. Uh, and if you want to fight and argue and fucking cancel people for liking a movie out of a fucking thousands of movies, um, fucking go to one of the other franchises that are imploding because of it. We mm-hmm. we don't need it. We'll happily goof off even in this between each other, liking and disliking movies and stuff. And guess mm. what? We'll be still here next time. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and on that, um, just want to say thanks to our August contributors. Um, Ashley Lister, Will Jordan, Guy Batchelor, and Scott Donnelly. Of course, this isn't the only segment we do. We focus on everything horror. We give independent creators a shout out. We feature their works. We talk about games sometimes badly. Um, <laughs> we try to play sometimes badly. Hey, but it's um, fun, god damn it. If I can get this one to go live every now and again and talk about shitty movies, you know what I mean? Be good. Not just listening to me all the time. Uh, be fantastic. That might happen one day. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, check out our channels. Make sure you like and subscribe. Um, keep the fires burning. And until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it, keep it horrific. horrific.